also uh, the antithesis of liking the Beatles was my dad, who did not like the Beatles, you know, and, and that was hippie music. And, th and that whole uh, um, diatribe about, you know, how, uh, you know, you want to hear good music here, you know, listen to Bing Crosby, that kind of dialogue that went on. And, and, and he wasn't wrong about Bing Crosby, but they were, but Bing Crosby wasn't the Beatles and he wasn't exactly. the Beatles in 1969 and 1970, 1971 when I was growing up. everyone and welcome to a new episode of Celestine Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host Jesse Jackson, but today we're kind of steering away from Bruce Land and we're talking Beatles Land, specifically Strawberry Fields Forever maybe? Joining me tonight is returning guest. You guys just heard his uh, episode just a few days ago uh, and I've got Doc back. Doc, welcome back to the show. Jesse, how are you, pal? It's nice to be back. Always it, good to be with you. It is really good to talk. We uh, Before we hit record, we're recording this on December 1st, and Doc and I shared our mutual frustration with our um, with our specific teams. Um, the Eagles and the Cowboys are not doing well this season, and so we just shared uh, shared our misery together. <laughs> Ugliness. <laughs> yes, ugliness, ugliness. Um, just in case someone hasn't um, listened to the episode uh, where you kind of shared your Bruce story, uh, tell my guests a little about yourself, Doc. Yeah, um, I'm a regular, regular Doc. <laughs> the, uh, I, I live, I live in Jersey, uh, just outside of Philadelphia area where I grew up at in Southwest Philly, and uh, I work as a stagehand. I'm a union stagehand in the city of Philadelphia, uh, local eight member. And, uh, and you know, it, I, I work in the entertainment business in, in the back part, you know. And uh, so that, that, that brings uh, – that, that's my social life and, uh, you know, uh, my work life included, you know. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah, other than that, I've got, I've got a great, great daughter who's uh, uh, 27 years old and – out in the corporate world and doing the best she can out there, doing quite well. well uh, good. Yeah, yeah. And so I know we talked about this, uh, you know, to pull the curtain back a little bit. Um, you know, when Doc and I talked before, um, Eddie, um, you know, uh, we – this was two or three weeks ago. You know, I, I record a lot of episodes in advance. And so uh, I just thought before we get over to our – uh, John Lennon discussion. Um, are you still doing okay during this pandemic? Yeah, the, the, the COVID, COVID hour, I'm, I'm fortunate. You know, I don't have any little ones and, that, you know, that, uh, you know, need a great deal of attention. You yeah. know, I, I feel bad for the, the families that have to do the school and figure out how to run their lives and their work lives and all that. I, I am situated pretty well, so I am okay. If you, I, I have, I have do have no people that have come down with the virus and uh, a few union members and uh, 
few close family members um, through my daughter, uh, my ex-wife, uh, her, mm-hmm. uh, her current husband is yeah. uh, in a hospital right now. So, mm-hmm. but, 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 but it's been tough times for, uh, you know, everybody around and the work situation is, is, is a bit uh, tenuous to say the least. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Yeah. Um, well, please stay safe. I, I hope, um, you know, things turn around and, uh, you know, soon you'll be backstage at a, you know, an yeah. E Street band show and, sure. uh, you know, them uh, playing letter to you uh, songs, right? <laughs> uh, we need that. Um, yeah. So uh, Doc and I were ex- exchanging a few tweets and, um, you know, it was brought up that December 8th, 1980, uh, we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of John Lennon's death. And, um, you know, I got to thinking, uh, maybe it'd be nice to do a couple episodes and kind of talk about um, John and the Beatles. I've never done a full Beatles episode here on Set Lusting Bruce. So um, I reached out and Doc said, hey, I'd love to spend a few minutes joining you. Uh, So uh, let's start out with um, you and I are similar age. So growing up, you know, uh, talk about your experience, you know, discovering the Beatles and, and talk about your fandom with that. In the household, in the row home. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, I was, I was the baby of my family, the youngest. And uh, so my, uh, my brother Joe's 12 years older than me. My brother Frank was 10 years older than me. My sister's eight years older than me. So, by the time I come along, they are getting into music, you know, at, at, at the ages they are. And, and as, as I'm growing up, so I'm getting hit with, the, with Elvis. I'm getting hit with Sinatra from my parents. Well, from one of my parents. Yeah. I'm getting hit with Bing Crosby. And I'm getting hit with the Beatles. And, 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 and they're the first, you know, the first groups that I really remember well. Um, Sam Cooke also, I remember, uh, as, as part of my early early ear listening, uh, experience. And, uh, but the, the beat, the Beatles were big. I mean, you know, when you think about, when I think about music, uh, the, you know, the whole big world of music, the Beatles are right there in the forefront of everything. And, uh, and, and it was that way from the beginning. It, it, me and my sister used to, you know, go uh, stand back to back and uh, sing Hey Jude and, and uh, you know, things like that in front of the family. Um, the Beatles were big. They were big in my household. And, and, and they were on the radio all the time. You know, any time the radio was on, it didn't take long before you were hearing a Beatles song, you know, in 1968, 69, 70, 71 in there, you know. And, uh, and you know, and John Lennon himself, was you know he he was a poster on uh, my sister's wall, and so was McCartney. He had his own poster, you know, and yeah. uh, they, they they were they were there. They were present. They were part of part of my life, and, and part of a lot of people's lives that I know. You know? Yeah. So, what's weird for me, uh, Doc, is um, you know I was born in '59. Um, my dad, you know, was in the army. We moved around a lot. Um, I spent a lot of time in Louisiana and I remember, um, 
you know, we did not listen to anything but um, the joke, right? Both kinds of music, country and Western growing up. Uh, the country radio was always on. Right. Maybe a little Fats Domino, Bobby Darren, right. but no rock and roll whatsoever. Right. And, um, and it wasn't till like the middle 70s before I got my own AM clock radio, you know, would listen to it. So I remember, and I don't, I, I don't remember my age, but I remember going to Ohio at my grandparents, my dad's parents' house, and they had this huge front yard and a huge backyard, like kind of a, you know, a, a, a mini farm. And I was talking to my cousins who all lived in Ohio, and they were shocked that I could not name all four Beatles. Right, right. right. I mean, I, I, I recognize the Beatles. Yeah. And I remember seeing the Beatles cartoon. But I, you know, I don't, you know, my biggest probably recording what, remembrance is we were a Southern Baptist household. And like right. I had cousins that, oh, you know, the Beatles are, are, devil because they say they're bigger than jesus you know and and so i didn't become aware of the beatles till in my teenage years right like in the middle 70s and and um you know slowly hearing songs and and getting to know them and and hearing about this you know sergeant peppers and checking that out and going this and um so I came late to the Beatles, though certainly um, quickly began to uh, love them and in all the different phases. Um, do, do you have some favorite songs? And, and was, you know, I know that, right, like everyone had a favorite Beatle. And I remember once on this political cartoon, political show, right? Like John Lennon is the right answer to who's supposed to be your favorite right. Beatle. That is, you know, uh, the girls liked Paul, no. the quiet people liked George, the goofy people liked Ringo, but the really intellectuals like John. Um, Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. 
Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Talk a little bit more about you, your, your love of the music and exploring that. Yeah. Sure, um, and that's that's fascinating. You got to see the the Beatles the Beatles cartoon too. That's that's cool. Yeah, the um, yeah, the early Beatles. Um, anytime at all, which I I, I think John wrote. Not that yeah. that matters too much, but 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 a song like that, you know, reached reached into me somehow and grabbed me, and 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 and, and, and I felt like. Yeah, this is yeah, all I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime at all. All you gotta do is call and I'll be there. And yeah. uh it, 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 these are just words and sounds and they, they, they sounded great together. And and I think that drew drew me in. And and the fact that my brother Joe and uh, and my sister Diane, I don't I don't I don't remember Frank being like a huge Beatles fan. Frank's the guy that introduced me uh-huh. to Bruce. I'm sure he was a Beatles fan, but just, yeah. uh, you know, Joe and Diane were, were, were bigger Beatles fans, as I remember. Yeah. And um, so, so it, it, there's all that influence going on, with, you know, with me as a little kid. You know, I, I always talk about, you know, paying attention in my house from the carpet. Yeah. You know, everybody in the house was bigger than me, you know. I, sure. I, I, I'm from a tall family to begin with. You know, my dad was six six. My brother Frank was six eight. My brother Joe six three. You know, my sisters my sisters a tall gal. My mom was a tall gal. So, so I grew up, grew up in a house with a lot of height. So you're always looking up. You know, yeah, and, like like from the carpet, and, and 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 the things that were that were influential were the things that those folks liked. Also, uh, the antithesis of liking the Beatles was my dad, who did not like the Beatles. You know, and, and that was hippie music. Yeah. And, and and that whole uh, um, diatribe about you know how uh, you know you, you want to hear good music here you know listen to Bing Crosby you know, yeah that, exactly that kind of dialogue that went on and 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 he wasn't wrong about Bing Crosby but they were, but Bing Crosby wasn't the Beatles and he wasn't exactly. the Beatles in 1969 and 1970 1971 when I was growing up and yeah. uh, so as, as far as the songs went you know. Like uh, I guess you know I was probably three or four when the White Album came out. Yeah, and that ended up being a a big album. You know, just a ton of songs. 
you can put it on and, and you know, listen to listen to one side, flip it over, and then you had a whole other album to go to. Um, yeah. So I, I really enjoyed the White Album. And uh, I, I did, they're, they're just there. They're there today. You know, I, I listened yeah. to um, Double Fantasy earlier today. And yeah. uh, just, you know, just, to, just to hear what he was doing then, you know, right sure. before – you know, right before the the tragedy, and uh, but it, 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 and, and you saw him reaching back into his roots in in that album, and uh, yeah. Um, so you know, one of my favorite stories, and this is one of those uh, what could have been is uh, Paul was visiting John in New York, um, and they were watching Saturday Night Live. And they had the famous skit early where Lauren Michael offered um, $3,000 if the Beatles would come on Saturday Night Live. Um, you know, it, it's a classic skit. Like, it was like, if, if money's stopping you, I have it. Here's a check made out to $3,000 to the Beatle. If you don't want to give Ringo any of the same share, that's okay. <laughs> and John and Paul gave serious thought to getting in a cab and driving to the studio because, you know, it's Saturday Night Live and it was just too late and they were too tired. And I think obviously, I think they both mentioned to possibly messed up to do that, but how freaking funny would that have been to have them show up? Uh, you know, <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, like they've never played, you know, like they're just getting back together yeah. with their guitars in their hands, just walking in. Yeah. To play. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and then you, of course, then the follow-up was George Harrison guest starred as a musical guest once. Right. And they had the scene where Lauren Michaels was like, no, 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 it was $3,000 for all four of you, <laughs> right. you know? And so, right. um, so, I want to hear about your memories of the unfortunate passing, but I'll share mine first. Um, at, at this time I was working at a trucking company as a dispatcher and we were 24 by seven. Uh, we did oil field dispatching. So, uh, people, you know, hauling trucks, you know, pipe and, and people, a lot of hot shots where you would take a small part, you know, to a rig. And, um, I worked six at night to six in the morning and, uh, there was not a TV in, um, my office. So you, you know, you either read a book or you listened to the radio. And I remember, around five in the morning, I turned on the radio and it was uh, Nova 104 was the FM station and they were playing a Beatles song. And that was totally out of their, you know, this is 1980. So this is totally out of their rotation. Right. You know, they were playing Dan Fogelberg and, you know, uh, you know, just like, uh, you know, um, you know, maybe uh, some early Springsteen, you know, so just Led Zeppelin and everything. And, and all of a sudden I'm like, why are they paying a Beatles song? Right. And I dialed the radio station and, um, and they answered. And I said, I, I haven't seen a TV. What's going on? And he said, John Lennon was shot last night. <gasps> what? 
And, uh, you know, back then there's no internet, there's no TV, you know, there's no, you know, pull up, you know, Google to do a search. And I was just shocked. Um, and then after fact, you know, I found out that, you know, Monday night football had, uh, you know, um, had broken it, um, you know, with Howard Cosell and that's a famous moment. So talk to me about how you found out John had been shot. Yeah. Do you mind if I give you a, a, a fairly long story? I do not care at all. Please take it <laughs> away. Right. That's fine. Thank you. So <laughs> go back to Thanksgiving of that of 1980. It's November 27th. We do an early Thanksgiving dinner at, uh, at my house and me and my brother Frank and his girlfriend at the time, Brooke, we have tickets for Springsteen in Madison Square Garden. So we head up on the train and uh, now we're heading, I'm, I'm a Philly guy. We're heading into, into enemy territory. <laughs> you know, we're, going, we're heading to New York and we're heading into Madison Square Absolutely. Garden. Home of the Knicks and the Rangers. And, and I'm a hoop head, and, uh, you know, I'm going to be walking into a building where, you know, Bill Bradley and, you know, uh, Walt Frazier played and, 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 and Philly's own born and raised Earl the Pearl Monroe, you know, Black Jesus. So uh, there, there's that whole thing going on. And, uh, and, and a, a guy out of Lubbock, Texas, played there too, a guy by the name of Michael Ray Richardson. So, um, so we're, we're heading in. We get up. We get up there. We, we we walk. We go up the street level, and we and we go into the garden, and uh, and and I'm kind of in awe of being there, and we get seated, and uh, you know we're on Clarence's side of the stage, and uh, we settle in, and Frank and I are talking about you know every everybody does it, the songs are going to expect to hear right going to Springsteen show sure. right. And now it's Thanksgiving. And so we're like, is he going to do Santa Claus is coming to town? So, so the concert starts and, and it's, it's a blast of a show. And it was just a, a lot of fun. It was great being up there with the New York audience. And that, I'm glad they've been there that night and many other times uh, up there. Uh, they're a great audience, a tremendous audience. And uh, so, you know, Show's great, but but you know, we're, encores are now going on, and there is no Santa Claus is coming to town. And I learned that night to not set myself up with expectations going into Bruce. Just go, idiot, and enjoy the damn show. It's going to be makes great. sense. Okay, <laughs> yes, right. Don't, don't set yourself up for any kind of disappointment. And I try to pass that on to others because you know, there's a lot of people go, "Yeah, you think he's going to play Jungle Land tonight? You think he's going to play this or that?" And uh, I'm like, "Don't, don't set yourself up. Don't do that to yourself." So, um, lesson learned that night. Lesson learned. The uh, um, so no Santa Claus comes out. But back down to Philly, um, I we have tickets. Me, and my brother Frank, and two guys he played college ball with, Paul McDade and Kenny Taylor. Uh, we have tickets for December 6th at the Spectrum. Uh, we go out to dinner before the show and have, have a nice nice time there at dinner, go into the show. Show's going on, another great show, of course. He breaks after Rosalita. Now he's going to come out for the encores. 
We see some uh, little, little, little road crew stagehand action going on up on stage before they come back out. And they come back out. And what's he bring out? Santa Claus is coming to town. So unexpected, you know, if we're not getting it on Thanksgiving, we're not going to get yeah. it on December 6th. And, right. uh, and sure enough, he breaks into Santa Claus is coming to town. You know, the party's on. and uh, You're just thrilled, right? To, 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 uh, there was two things about that show, two, two audience members at that show that led to one of the, my favorite headlines um, I ever saw in an article about Springsteen. And the article was this. The, the headline in the article was this. The doc and a soccer marvel about a rocker. And this was in the Philadelphia Bulletin. And what it was referring to is Dr. J was at the show that night. Oh, I mean, nice. Yeah, we saw him too. He was sitting up in the press box. This is long before club seating in any place or anything. Sitting there in, 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 the, in the press box. And then the soccer that they were talking about was a boxer, uh, light, it was at one time, uh, the light heavyweight champion of the world, a fellow by the name of Mike Rossman. Okay. The kosher, the kosher butcher, Mike Rossman. And he was a local guy from around here. Uh, I think he grew up in, in Turnersville, New Jersey. And uh, so, so they were both there that night, and that article was about them. And I just thought it was a great headline. The doc and his soccer marvel about a rocker. And it was pretty cool. So that was December 6th, and uh, at that time, I did not have a ticket for December 8th, but the night before the December 6th show, I ran into a, a, a fellow from my neighborhood by the name of Bobby Myers. He was a couple years older than me, and he knew I was a big Springsteen fan. He knew I was going to the December 6th show, and he was mentioning to me that he had a ticket for, for December 8th that he might not be able to go to. Mm. Um, he had a couple uh, older family members that were going, but he might not be able to go. So I, I get in touch with him on Sunday after the show just to see if maybe there's a chance he's not going. And finally, finally, well, I reached out to him. I don't get a call back from him until about 9 o'clock Sunday night. Now, next day's a school day. I got basketball practice very early in the morning. Anyway, I make arrangements. He's not going to be able to go to the show. Make arrangements with Bobby. I, I go to, to Roman Catholic High School in, in Center City, Philadelphia, and he goes to West Catholic High School, which is situated in West Philadelphia. And so I have to go meet him at his school after my basketball practice. I take the L up there, get the ticket off him, single ticket, and – I have it for that night. I, I get a hold of my brother, Frank. I said, listen, I'm going to go to the concert from school. You know, I'll stay at school and then head down to the show. I said, if you could pick me up after the show, that would be great. So sure enough, he's willing to do that. So we had, I had to, I'm sorry, this, this story's so long. No, you're but, good. But it's, uh, um, it's, it's December 8th, and down to the show I go. I, I am not going to know the people I'm with. This is my first experience going to a show alone, but I'm comfortable. I'm, you know, I'm a city boy. I'm comfortable sure. out and about. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm 15 at the, at the time. And uh, so I get, get situated. It's a nosebleed ticket um, towards the back of the arena. And uh, I get, I get there plenty early and uh, spark up a doobie and offer it to a, to a, 
uh, a couple that were sitting right behind me and so we're, we're, we're having a little smoke and a little dialogue. And, uh, and then, uh, you, you know, you, you, you know, the fever of when he's about to come on. Right. And back to, and anticipation. I, I, don't, I don't know whether he still does this. I, I doubt he does because of the larger venues that he plays now, but back then, he would not take the stage until all tickets had been received out front. Oh, okay. Not necessarily in your seat, but and they, and they also used to have somebody go through the corridors saying, you know, five minutes to show, ten minutes, you know, that kind of thing. I did not know get, that. How interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And now, you know, I, I'm speaking for mostly the spectrum at the time, but – but definitely he would not hit the stage until he knew everybody was in the arena anyway. And um, so, so, you know, you, you feel it coming on the show, you know, you know, it's coming. And, uh, and then the, the, the relatives of Bobby show up and, 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 and they get seated and, uh, and then here comes the band and, and, and Bruce and, and it's on and, and, and it's a great show. Um, in particular, in particular, a song that stuck out to me that night, it stuck out to me as it was happening, and uh, it came into play later on uh, in, in, in my Springsteen stories. But, but he did a tremendous version that night of The Price You Pay. Uh, it was so good, it has stayed with me from that night on. And um, so... You know, show goes on and the show ends. All shows start and all shows end. And uh, now it's time. Now it's time for me to go meet my brother out front. So I'm standing out front of the spectrum, and here comes my brother rolling up in in, in the wheel. And I get in the car, and he says to me, "Did he say anything?" And I said, "About what?" And he goes, "Ah, because Howard Cosell." Just came on Monday Night Football a little while ago and said John John Lennon had been murdered, and the world stopped. Uh, the world stopped. Um, wow! I I didn't know how to compute that, and um, my brother my brother Frank just he 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 didn't you know he, he was in the same boat I was kind of and uh, um. And we just, you know, we drove home. And uh, I, I just remember the quietness of that drive home and uh, really not being able to compute what has just happened. And uh, coming off of the great high of, of a Springsteen show and then, you know, and then thinking about whether he knew or didn't know, because, of course, I have no, I, no way of knowing at that point whether he knew or not and uh, yeah. turns out. Turns out they, you know, they waited till after the show to tell them. Um, there was there was a horrible rumor that went around for years. It may may still be floating around out there. It's a, it, it, it's a it's a rumor. It's not a true thing. But was that he was singing Point Blank at the same time that uh, the the guy killed uh, John Lennon? Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to say his name. Yeah, uh, and. Uh, but but strictly strictly a rumor. No no, yeah. no, tr no truth to that whatsoever. But um, an urban myth, so to speak. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Yeah, but but yeah. So so the world, you know, the world stopped, and uh, um, the aftermath was uh, 
you know, far and wide. I, 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 people that were my age that were, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 year old people. Yeah. Um, I, I see, seemed as devastated as the people who had really, really grown up with the Beatles too. Sure. You know? um, it, it, it was felt worldwide, you know, um, what, what, you know, what, what a great loss in such a tragic way. And, uh, yeah, it, it really was. And, you know, you, there is a, um, I, I read a book earlier this year, what if the Beatles had stayed together, uh, which was a really interesting read. Um, do you know who that's by? Uh, I can look it up and let you know. Um, it's, you know, it's an interesting premise that, um, they, um, they end what keeps them together is um in 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 real life they went on the tonight show uh john and paul and joe gargiola was there being the guest host okay and in this book um they say well the only reason we're going on the tonight show is to meet johnny carson and if Johnny Carson isn't going to be there, we're not going to go. <laughs> and so um, in the book, Carson says, well, I'll go if you'll sing a song because they were just going to be guests. And so they negotiate. And so he comes in and uh, it, the premise of the book is that they click right away okay. that all, and that um and Carson talks about him and Ed McMahon always being there for each other. And no matter how tough it got, they stayed there for each other. Right. And so the idea is that changed their life. And so no matter how mad Paul and George and John and Ringo got with each other, they stayed together. So I'll get you a link to the book. It's a very fascinating story. It sounds real uh, interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, it, and it is, um, and you think of things like, you know, um, John would have been there for Live Aid, um, you know, um, either Band-Aid or We Are the World, one or the other, yeah. he would have been involved in, um, and, and just also, uh, all the great music that we didn't get, and, and I do think he would have continued to work in, in his own way um, for uh, a better society. I know that since his death, there has been a lot of things coming out that he is not a perfect man and none of us are. Uh, but, uh, you know, the legacy of his music has just uh, stayed forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, with John, you know, like he, he was so involved in the anti war movement. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes when you see stars getting involved in things, you're never sure what their yeah. agenda is coming out of the box. Yeah. Um, it takes some time for them, you know, to, to, to hit the proving ground that, that, that they're for real. Um, but I, I, going back and watching, you know, him on Dick Cav and, few, you know, a few other things over the years, um, his sincerity about that left no question that he was there because he cared about getting that war ended. 
and not a way to line his pockets, you know, for one of a better word, better phrase. Um, he seemed to genuinely care that this earth that we live on, the, you know, the, we as a people amongst each other uh, need peace, not war. And uh, we need to love and not hate. And uh, he, he, he seemed to genuinely believe those things and want to carry that message. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 he, he had, you have to admire a guy like that because he, he did not seem to be in it for the money at that point at all. You know? I, I, I remember, like, you know, when, when somebody looked like John looked in, in, in the, you know, in those uh, anti-war years, um, you know, the way, the way I was raised, they, they were hippies, you know, yeah, and, sure. and um, there was a way that he spoke that broke through how you looked, you know, um, what he said reverberated and, uh, and made sense. You know, it wasn't, you know, just a bunch of, you know, a bunch of words strung together to try to sound pretty. Um, he, he generally seemed to uh, have a notion that we could, if we stop fighting each other, get together and make this world a better place. Absolutely. You know, when you mentioned the story, I thought maybe you had been the night, the night after when Bruce no. said this was a hard night to play. Um, you know, no and there is you know, um, where he opened with Born to Run and he did Twist and Shout. Um, what's interesting, I think, to give us a Bruce connection, I had never seen this, or, or if I'd seen it, I'd forgotten, that in one of his last interviews, uh, Lennon was talking about how much he loved the river, in particular, yeah. Hungry Heart. Yeah. And that yeah. was his favorite song on the radio right now. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there's a, there's a Rolling Stone, oh, if I remember, the guys, the guy who wrote uh, Fred Fred Schurers maybe um, did a great piece with Bruce. Uh, Bruce is on the cover, um, looking like he's ice skating. He is he is yeah. ice skating. It, it, it's it's that issue, mm -hmm. and 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 uh, um, the the title of the article is is Bruce Springsteen and the secret the secret to the world and the secret of the world something like that. And and and, he, and it's talked in there about that night, wow. and um, there, I, I, there's a, there's actually a mistake in in the, in that article. Um, he said he he refers to Hungry Heart, and he refers to it as as a number one single, which and, which he never made, you know, right, which, exactly number five. But uh, but yeah, yeah, that, it, it, that that's a really that's a, I'll tell you what. That the things Bruce talks about in that article are as resonant today as they were then, which is scary in one way that we haven't progressed uh, a little better as a people. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know the, the the part where he talks about going, you know, about, about the night Lennon was killed and, and coming out the next night. Uh, 
and then they, and they were they they had actually left the stage and came back up to play Twist and Shout. Yeah, uh, that's uh, you know <laughs> if, if you're in that audience, you yeah. go into an absolute frenzy at that point. It's you know absolutely. It, it, it's a little um, I was there when the tour opened in Pittsburgh, and you know he. Um, after, what tour was this? Uh, this is the the 2016 uh, the the, oh, God. the river tour, right? The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and where David Bowie he talked about David Bowie doing you know, his yes, his how covers. much he helped, yeah, his covers and how yeah, much yeah. he helped. And you know, we had all talked about what song do we think he would play to you know, Honor. what, what song would he play, you know? And, um, you know, and he did rebel rebel. Um, right. and it was just, it was very cool being there and hearing that. Sure. So, yes. well, doc, any final thoughts before I let you go? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess my final thought would be, you know, since we're talking about John Lennon and of course a little bit about Bruce, you know, um, the two guys that wanted to see, the world be a better place. And yes. um, I, I, I know from my perspective, and, and I try to do this in my own life, you know, to, to, to treat people with respect, whether I agree with them or whether I don't, and uh, to, do, to, to do my best, and, and hopefully anybody listening to do their best in just trying to uh, make what we got going on a better thing. A better thing with each other. Amen. Uh, I, I think both of those guys believe believe in those things, and and, and I appreciate them passing that along. I, I think well said, sir. I, I appreciate that, and I really, really appreciate you jumping on um, a second time uh, just to talk a little bit about you know John and his legacy, and and I really appreciate it, my friend. It's an honor, Jesse. I, it's a pleasure to be with you anytime. Maybe someday we'll get you up here to Philly for a show. That's what and we got to do. Know. We got to do that. Yeah. Oh, we want a yeah. show so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. If um, if someone wants to reach you, are you on also any? Are you on any social media? I I, I don't do social media anymore. Okay. Off That's right. years well, you know what? That's probably a wise thing to do. Yeah, so if you want to reach him, email me at setlessingbruce at gmail.com and I'll get the message over to Doc. Um, all right. I'm going to end with, because you mentioned this, um, now they've come so far and they've waited so long mm -hmm. just to end up caught in a dream where everything goes wrong, where the dark of night holds back the light of day and you got to stand and fight for the price you pay. Fantastic. Rest Fantastic. well, my Listen. friend. Listen, you, you take, take care. Be safe. Be well. I will. And you, listener, be safe. Remember to social distance. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Be good to each other because we need to be. And for now, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Doing a podcast at times can be a one-way conversation, and I hate that. So please let me know what you like and don't like about the work I'm doing. You can reach the podcast via email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. The show is on Twitter, at setlustingbruce, and my personal Twitter is at jessejacksondfw. 
We have a website, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find links to other Springsteen podcasts, as well as other music-themed podcasts. We have a page devoted to our own SLB All-Star Band. These are guests who have been on the podcast more than three times. There is a link to our store where you can purchase Set Lessing Brew shirts, as well as a Mary Question t-shirt. There is a link to our Patreon page where you can sign up to help support the podcast financially. We have different levels and different rewards based on your support. If you don't have any extra cash, and right now who does, you can support the podcast by subscribing via your favorite podcast player and leaving us a review. The more reviews we have, the easier it is for people to find us. And please tell a friend about the podcast, especially if they love Bruce or music, because it will make a difference. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only. That listening Bruce. Set listening Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set listening Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.